Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 4th, 2017. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have a very special very in-depth conversation about trades. Uh, I'll cover a few things about the Magic and their trade strategy and what they should do on today's show, uh, discussing and debating with myself because this is a podcast and I host it alone, so sometimes I have to debate myself. Uh, the two paths that the Magic can go down uh, in their trade strategy. Also clear up something that that I got myself into on Twitter. Uh, I know people are, are antsy to, to hear what I have to say about that, and so I'm hopeful, hopeful that I can... Uh, Calm some nerves, calm calm some Twitter people down. I, I probably teased something that I shouldn't have teased the way I teased it, but I, I did, and and so I'm I'm still learning how to how to do this stuff with with some sourced information and, and all that jazz. But I'll, I'll I'll try and clear some things up and, and let people uh, kind of rest easy on the trade front while discussing how the Magic should move forward. And hey, before we get to that, we got a basketball game on Wednesday. The Orlando Magic taking on the Atlanta Hawks. What, the penultimate game before the Magic's long West Coast road trip, a six-game, six 11-day road trip coming up for the Magic. I believe I counted that right. If I didn't count that right, so what? Um, it's a long road trip. The Magic play a lot of games, not a lot of time, uh, but a, a really important road trip, and, and I'll, I'll get to that as well, that that is, to me, a very big dividing line for the Magic, and, and I anticipate it being a big dividing line too. But the Magic take on the Hawks, we'll focus on that in just a bit. But before we get going... I want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. You've heard me read this copy for a while now, but it bears repeating. The NBA season is in full swing, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There is nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it has never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house. Wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, the upper level, the ozone, baseline bar, get tickets to Jernigan's. I don't think you can get that through SeatGeek, but you can get nice seats and, and then get reservations at Jernigan's. Uh, you know, anywhere you want to you want to be in the Amway Center, SeatGeek can get you there. Anywhere you want to be at any stadium in the league, in in, in the league in, in in the United States at least for any sporting event or any concert. SeatGeek is the way to go. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can easily find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek it's given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. I was thinking about going to SmackDown in Jacksonville today. Couldn't find any any good seats on SeatGeek. No, no green dots. And so I said, you know what? I, 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 can, I can hold off that wrestling fix until April when WrestleMania is in town. But if you're looking for WrestleMania tickets, SeatGeek is probably the place to go because I'm betting that, that that puppy has sold out. 
And if you want the best seats in the, in Camping World Stadium, if you want to get into Camping World Stadium at a good price, at least compared to the market, SeatGeek is where you want to go. Every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is, of course, backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's L-O-MAGIC. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. So let's dive right into it and talk a little bit about the Magic's game coming up against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, of course, the Magic saw the Hawks a few weeks ago. It was a raucous, like, 133-120 win. It was a big blowout, blowout victory. The Magic could not be stopped offensively. It was actually kind of similar to the first half of Monday's game against the New York Knicks, where neither team was playing much defense. The Magic happened to play defense first or play defense better first than the other team, and that got them the win. If I remember correctly, the Magic played some pretty strong defense in the fourth quarter of that game to pull out the victory and, and pull away. It was tied it. At the end of the third quarter, at like 96, 96 or something like that. It was it was that kind of a game. Uh, so I don't know how much we can take away from that other than to say Dwight Howard destroyed the Magic on the glass, especially on the offensive glass. Uh, but again, the Magic, I think, have improved since then. But so has Atlanta. Atlanta's been a lot better, a lot more consistent uh, since then. They've, they've Actually, Atlanta's, Atlanta's very similar to the Magic. They haven't been very consistent, um, except they've their streaks have been a little bit longer. They had a really strong start, really weak, really weak coming after that. Picked up some wins again, struggled, you know, fell back and struggled again. It's been that kind of season for the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta's coming off a very nice win, a couple of very nice wins. They beat the Knicks in overtime, uh, and then they beat the Spurs in overtime as well. Uh, so the Magic have, you know, or the Hawks have started to play a little bit better. I mean, if you know Atlanta, you know Atlanta. They got Paul Millsap. He carried a lot of the offensive load against the, against the Spurs on on Sunday. Uh, played a really really good game. You know he's a handful to deal with, and he's the exact kind of player you acquire Serge Ibaka for. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has been a little bit more consistent. He's very much like an Alfred Payton plus. I mean, if 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 there's a player currently in the NBA that Alfred Payton needs to aspire to become, Dennis Schroeder is probably that guy. Uh, started the kind of the same way, defensive minded. Pass first point guard, not a lot of jump shooting, able to get to the rim seemingly at will, but struggles with his jumper. Shooters gained a lot of consistency. He's a lot better player, and I think the Magic did a very good job on him in the first meeting, and that's a big reason why the Magic were able to win that game. Uh, Dwight Howard, every Magic fan should know what he can bring and what he can do. He killed the Magic on the offensive glass in the first game, uh, and so I think that that is a big uh, piece of the puzzle as well that the Magic will have to uh, resolve and solve and 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 all and all that uh, coming up here uh, in in this game. But generally, Atlanta does what Atlanta does. You know, when they move the ball, when they're cutting, when they when they run their actions, they are as smooth and as good as ever. The problem is they just haven't been able to do it consistently at the same rate that they were when they won sixty games a few years ago, or or at the same rate that they were. Uh, you know, even last year, there's still a team that's figuring things out and still especially figuring things out on the defensive end. You can still exploit them a little bit defensively. Howard isn't the Dwight Howard when he was with the Orlando Magic, where he makes you a top five defense just by his mere presence. That's just not how it works anymore um, with him, at least. Uh, certainly, he can be engaged and being back in Orlando, maybe he'll have a little bit of an extra spark 
a little bit of extra spur to him. But, you know, this Atlanta team is still, you know, they're, they're still very up and down. And, and right now they're on a little bit of an upswing, and so this isn't going to be an easy game for the Magic. This isn't going to be one where they can just show up and play, and, and I don't think there's any team that the Magic can just show up and win. Uh, you know, if, if they've played, if, they ha- if there are those teams, they've, they've played them already, and, and we saw what happened in, in those games. Um, having to barely eke out some wins against some bad competition. Atlanta is a good team. Atlanta is a playoff caliber team. Atlanta is, is one of the teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, in that cluster in the middle of the Eastern Conference that is above 500. And they're a team that the Magic have to, you know, again, again this is like a six-pointer. They're, they're a team the Magic are going to have to beat, beat and show that they can beat if they want to be successful and make the playoffs this season. The Magic have had those problems this year. Um, the Magic have had those issues this year where they haven't been able to beat the teams that are of equal stature to them, or, or, or at least are are on the same playing field as them. And, and that's something the Magic are continuing to work on, and this is a golden opportunity. The Magic did not practice on t- on Tuesday. You know, you usually don't practice the day after a back-to-back. The Magic uh, will not shoot around, uh, it looks like, on Wednesday morning. Uh, so they'll probably get together as a team a little bit earlier uh, walk through some stuff. Uh, we won't know if Evan Fournier will be available until closer to tip-off, until about 5.15, 5.20, somewhere in that range. Closer to tip-off, the Magic could certainly use him, although Jody Meeks has filled in admir- admirably uh, as his replacement as a, as a shooter and, and done some very, very nice things. I'll, I'll, t- I'll maybe talk a little bit more about him later on in the week. Uh, this is a game where the Magic have to be sharp on the offensive end and have to especially be sharp on the defensive end. Atlanta really challenges you def- challenges your defense with their cutting, with their motion, with their ability to spread the floor. Shooter's an improved three-point shooter. Millsap's a good three-point shooter. Cor- Kyle Korver's Kyle Korver. They got Tabo Cephalosha. Mike Muscala can step out and hit the three as a center, as a five-man. They got a lot of dangerous weapons. Kent Bays, uh, I, I think Kent Bazemore's playing again. Kent Bazemore's good. Tim Hardaway hit two big threes against the San Antonio Spurs, one of them to force overtime, a really big, big-time shot for, for the young guy who's had a difficult career so far early on in his early on in his, his tenure in the NBA. So the Magic will have their work cut out for them. This is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, and Orlando's going to have to be sharp to win this game. And so the Magic taking on the Hawks, a, a big, big, big game, uh, of course, here at... You know, seven o'clock at the Amway Center, uh, and so that's you know obviously a, a big, big, big game uh, for for Orlando. Um, you know, I don't think I can say that enough. It, you know, you got your two home games before you head out west. Be nice to build some momentum to have a nice little uh, win streak going before uh, before you you head you head out west uh, with with you know a relatively manageable trip. I, I'm hoping to preview that trip a little bit later on in the week. Certainly, I'll do it Friday um, bef- while while I'm previewing the game against the Rockets, but. This is the game you got to get, I think. This is the game I think you got to get and, and, and build some confidence and certainly build on build some consistency. Show that you can do what you did against New York, against Atlanta, against a different team. Do it at home, which the Magic have really struggled to do as well. So we'll, we'll leave that game here because we have a lot to get to on the other side of this conversation or of this, this pause I'm going to take so I can put a mid-roll in. That's a joke. I'm not putting a mid-roll in here. Um, I've... The last few days, I've kind of gotten myself into some trouble. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of things going on around the trade deadline. I mean, I, I can tell you, I am recording this at two two o'clock in the morning, and Magic Twitter, and I've had a few people hit me up on mentions on DMs saying, "Have you heard the Jay Crowder thing? Have you heard the Jay Crowder thing?" 
Apparently, Jay Crowder, you know, if, if you haven't if you haven't followed NBA Twitter today, Jay Crowder was upset that Celtics fans cheered for Gordon Hayward uh, during the, the Celtics game against the Jazz uh, and, you know, kind of said so publicly. And then apparently shortly thereafter, he followed the Orlando Magic on Twitter. So that, you know, everyone loves reading tea leaves this time of year. Everyone loves, you know, rumors and trying to figure out what the team's going to do. And, and you know, everyone's always trying to uh, uh, kind of be the GM. Everyone wants to be the GM until they're actually in the hot seat and they have to make those decisions. But uh, everyone's kind of antsy because... You know, and I think this is a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Everyone's antsy to to make a move because they they recognize that there are some problems with this Magic team. There are some issues that need to be resolved. That reshuffling the lineup again is not going to resolve. Uh, and so I think that's why there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of anxiousness about this upcoming trade deadline. A few days ago. Uh, I was I was having conversations with people and people were asking, are the Magic doing anything at the trade? Are the Magic, you know, discussing trades? What are the Magic doing for the trade deadline? And I let slip and, and I and I did, you know, I definitely am doing this very, and I'm trying to use this to kind of clear the air and calm everyone down just a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't overreact to Jay Crowder following the Magic. He's probably just trolling the Celtics fans a little bit. Some playful trolling is always welcome. It's Twitter. Uh, but... You know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, things change so quickly. But, you know, I, you know, I, I am a reporter. I, I am on the ground at the Amway Center. You know, I do talk to people occasionally. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I stumble blindly into information. I, 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 I won't deny that. I've had a few things before they went public, uh, before they were reported elsewhere. And, um, you know, I've, you know, Part of me is still trying to figure out how to handle some of this information, so I'm I'm trying to be as be completely honest or as honest as I can be uh, with you on, on on how I'm approaching these things. But I did let slip that uh, I had learned that the Magic were indeed in some trade negotiations, and if the source that I talked to is correct, or if the source you know if if I can trust that source of information, it is something that you know piqued my interest, raised some eyebrows on my end. I've spent some time talking to people, trying to get a sense of whether there's any legs to it. Because while I do trust the source of this information and I do trust that it's true and that 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 something along these lines at least is going on, I don't want to report it. I don't want to put my name to it. I don't want to put names to anything until I have it more confirmed. Uh, so that's that's where I'm standing on this this big discussion that I had. I will suffice to say that, like most teams, I don't think it's rocket science to say the Magic are exploring all options, big big or small, that they're, you know, Alex Martins has said publicly, we're going to be very active in the trade market. So the Magic are thinking trades. They've been thinking trades for probably two or three weeks very, very seriously. Um, they know that, you know, if, if we can see that this team needs something to get them over the hump, then they can see that this team needs something to get them over the hump. The question, of course, is... The question, of course, with that is... What do you do to get there? What are you willing to give up? 
And what do you need? And I think that's the part of the season we're at now. But to close out this kind of take a deep breath, let me explain myself a little bit, what what I know and what, what I, what's going on or what I'm willing to share at this point. The Magic are indeed, as, as far as I, I know, the Magic are indeed in some trade discussions, and they're just discussions at this point. Who knows what discussions mean? Discussion, I mean, and, and this is another big point that, that I like to make. Um, I, I got into a little bit of trouble last year when I ran the Jimmy Butler rumor that went around. Um, discussions can mean Rob Hennigan picked up the phone and called a GM, said, would you like to discuss this? GM on the other other end said, no, hangs up. That is a discussion of sorts. That doesn't mean it goes anywhere. That doesn't mean it turns into anything. And so I want to be very, very careful here with reporting rumors um, that they're properly vetted, that they're properly backed, that it isn't, you know, something random that happens. I mean, we've we've seen rumors fly among Magic fans. This Jay Crowder thing is kind of a good example, although this is kind of silly, but, you know, we, you know, let me, let me uh, take you back to 2010 with Chris Paul when everyone thought Chris Paul was going to come to the Magic. I mean, a, a local reporter in town said Chris Paul is on his way to Orlando. That obviously didn't happen because if he did, we'd probably still have Chris Paul and Dwight Howard in Orlando and we'd probably be talking about winning championships, not trying to scratch our way into the playoffs. You know, not to take anything away from that reporter. I know that I know that reporter has a little bit of a shaky history in Orlando, but I don't doubt that he was told something and that he ran with it. I don't doubt that. I mean, I I've been in this business long enough to know that you know you get a piece of information. There's a lot of pressure to be first to a lot of things, and if it's someone you trust, and 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 he's been right on a lot of other things too. Uh, you know, his misses have been big. Don't get me wrong. When you swing and miss and you swing big, it hurts a lot. It colors a lot of the perception about your reporting. And, and that's something I'm trying to avoid a little bit here too. But you want to just make sure you're right. And so I will I will leave this rumor at this. Don't tweet at me. Don't ask me you know, to narrow it down, say Eastern or Western Conference, what position. A lot of people have been trying to do that. And I'm just not playing that game. My understanding as we as we sit here today, is the Magic have engaged in some discussions that made me raise my eyebrows a little bit and say, hmm, that's kind of big. A lot bigger than maybe I thought, but that's, that's certainly something I did not expect to hear the Magic involved in, but they are. So I would, I would, this is how I would take it if I were a fan. Don't worry so much about the name because trade conversations break down all the time. And that's something I'm going to talk about in, in a little bit right here. Here's how I would take it if I were a Magic fan. Rob Hennigan and his staff are working hard and exploring everything they can they can do to, to make a trade and make this team better. They're not going to rush into a deal either. If there's a good deal on the table, I have no doubt they'll take it. I mean, obviously, they took the Tobias Harris deal two days before the trade deadline. I would have told them, you know, you're, you're two days before the trade deadline. Just wait two more days. See if you can get a little bit out, out a little bit more out of them. See if something better comes out. Start playing other teams and saying, hey, you know, we got we got a deal for Tobias Harris on the table. We're willing to move him. What do you got? What do you want for him? 
you know, maybe they did that. I, I don't know what they did. I don't know how that deal came came about. You know, we have, we have our theories, you know, our conspiracy theories, but but I don't know how that deal came out. But things are very very fluid in this trade world, and you know, nothing's a deal until it's sent into the league office and approved by the league office and and their accountants and and their capologists. So, the Magic are working hard on on a deal, but I think they're also not willing to rush into a deal quite yet. You know, the, the ship has been held steady. The team is keeping its head above water for now. They're in the playoff race. They have the luxury of trying to see how this thing shakes out. And we're still in January, and, and there's no urgency yet to make a deal. And so that's that's where I'm going to stand right now on this. You know, I don't... Don't ask me about names. You know, I, I, I'm not comfortable revealing that quite yet. Um, I hope you respect that. Um, but it... it I, I have I have every confidence that the part of this rumor that that the part of what I heard that is true that I am willing to say is the Magic are working on some big things, um, things that that would get fans excited. I think, uh, and that they are, you know, continuing to evaluate things. They're not they're not quite ready to rush into things. And and if if if, if I had a suspicion. And this is this is not reporting. This is a suspicion. If I had a suspicion, I think the Magic are waiting until the end of the West Coast road trip to finalize their plans for the trade deadline and finalize what they're willing to give up, what how, what direction they're willing to go, what they need, and and how they move and how they'll move forward heading into the February twenty third trade trade deadline. Remember, February twenty third is a long way away. We're more than a, we're a month and a half away from the trade deadline. There's still a lot that is going to happen. And that'll bring us into the main points that I have today. And that is discussing the Orlando Magic's trade strategy. There are two sides to this coin, like I've, like I've kind of alluded to. Uh, and I think it's clear where I stand. So I'll start with the argument that, that, I, don't, that I don't believe. And that you know came from one of our writers, Spencer Henderson, wrote... Uh, a column uh, last week saying waiting on a trade could prove costly for the Orlando Magic. And in some respects, I do agree with that. You know, if there's a, uh, obviously, this this goes without saying, if there is a good deal on the table, the Magic should take it. If there is a deal that blows them away, that they say, we can't do better than this. You take it now. But the, the the big concern, I think, with the Magic is that they are seemingly always one game away from a just disappointing, crushing loss. I, I can't tell you, I mean, and you can probably tell when I talk about Magic losses, it always feels like the sky is falling when the Magic lose. When the Magic lose, they get, they frankly, they get embarrassed. You look at Sunday's game against the Indiana Pacers. That's not the first time that's happened. It happened Wednesday night against the Charlotte, last Wednesday night against the Charlotte Hornets. It's happened when they got beat up by 30 points at home by the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. Those games are not aberrations. They happen pretty commonly. And I think that is a major concern for this Magic team and a reason to feel some urgency despite being so close to the playoffs. Uh, 
despite despite being so close to the playoffs, there is certainly some urgency to make a deal. You know, there's there's no sense in waiting until tomorrow to do what you should do today. We all look at this roster, like I said, we all look at this roster and know there are some fundamental flaws. The offense is better, but inconsistent. The defense has not clicked at all, uh, or at least it did for two weeks, and then the rest of the the rest of the season's been you know pretty mediocre. Is putting it kindly, it hasn't been good, and so there is certainly some urgency. I think we all recognize if the Magic really want to make a push for the playoffs, they've got to make a trade. They've got to jumble the lineup one more time. Or they got it. They got to change personnel one more time, because they've jumbled the lineup plenty. They've used three, essentially three different starting lineups, and at a certain point, you run out of combinations to to trot out there, and your roster is just limited by what it can do. And if you're a Magic fan, if you're the Magic, the big concern is what happens if we catch it too late. What happens? if we do go on that five-game losing streak. And the Magic have been very good about avoiding long losing streaks. And I think that's a testament to the uh, veteran leader, veteran leadership on this team and to Frank Vogel, that that despite all the flaws, despite all the struggles, despite all the inconsistency, they always find a way to stop losing streaks before they get bad. I mean, since the beginning of December, this team is 9-9. Nine and nine. They're a 500 team. And 500 gets you into the playoffs. They were, I think, 7-8 and eight in, in, in November and 0-3 and in October. That's your four games under 500 right there. One game in November and three games in October. They got to make up some ground, obviously. They got to have a, a plus 500 month at some point. But, you know, I, I said this on, on the Bang the Book podcast earlier on Tuesday. If you look back at the Portland Trailblazers last year, they were essentially a 500 team except for January and February. And in January and February, they were an elite team and they used that cushion to make the playoffs. So, you know, the, the Magic are not in dire straits. But, you go on a five-game losing streak. You, you look at this January, where 11 of 16 games are on the road, where you're playing a lot of potential playoff teams, where you have a six-game road trip. You have only, you know, you have these five home games, and none of them are easy. Atlanta, Houston, Milwaukee, Golden State, Chicago. You know, pretty much the only non-playoff teams you're playing this month are the Lakers, maybe the the Lakers, the Nuggets, maybe the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves. I mean, you've got four games, and they're all on the road. This is a month, This is a month, as I said yesterday, that, that the Magic are going to prove a lot about themselves and, and figure out a lot of things. And so, if the Magic know they need to make a trade, perhaps they need to push for it now and push for it before things get too bad or before things do turn south as they always seem inevitably to do with this team. We haven't had that big trough yet. But if you make a trade in the midst of a 2-12 and month, you know, not God, you know, who knows if the Magic will be that bad again, but if you make a trade while you're in the middle of a 5-6 game losing streak and now you've got to adjust to new players while trying to dig yourself out of, of a losing streak, that can be too late. We've seen with this team last year how one bad month can derail an entire season. And so perhaps, perhaps the Magic do need to make that, that trade now. Perhaps the Magic do need to just do what they got to do now. 
that's one side of the argument. I think there's there's certainly a lot of valid claims to that because I'm an optimist. I, I, I you know, my position is the Magic deserve some more time to figure things out. They're not out of this playoff race at all. They're two games out. You know, they're not far away. My position is this team deserves a little bit more patience. And the best deal teams, you know, just the reality of the trade deadline is teams are not ready to deal until February. Again, a big reason why I'm I'm, I'm just a little skeptical on reporting what, what I know right now um, because a lot of conversations happen. Real conversations typically don't happen until February. I mean, you think think about there, there there are two magic trades that I think of that were non-deadline trades that had major negative impacts. And so maybe they sound out more to me because they were such negative negative trades. The first the first non-deadline trade that I think of is the the Doug Christie Catino Mobley trade. I believe that happened in early January, around this time of year, about a week about a week uh, from now this time of year. Um that trade was a disaster for a number of reasons. But Doug Christie never clicked. Steve Francis missed his buddy. Uh, and, and that trade and the Magic, who were in playoff position when they made that trade, fell out of playoff position and missed the playoffs by, by a few games. The other trade, of course, uh, happened in December 2010. The trade that, that I think closed the Magic's championship window for good uh, when they traded Marcin Gortat, Vince Carter, Michael Petras to the Suns. Fajito Turkoglu, Earl Clark, and Jason Richardson, and then grabbed uh, Gilbert Arenas in a swap for Richard Lewis. Uh, that trade, you know, yeah, they won eight, nine games in a row right after that, but that team just was not up to snuff, and they lost in the first round, uh, you know, kind of officially the beginning of the end of Dwight Howard in Orlando, in my opinion. Um, that was that was a, a huge mistake, uh, especially considering about a month and a half after that trade happened, Darren Williams and Carmelo Anthony suddenly became available on the market. And I've always said, not saying the Magic could get those guys, but there was no way Orlando could even get into the bidding because they'd already traded away all their assets and gotten essentially, you know, I, I say I say for, for a fact that they got nothing in return. They got pretty close to nothing in return for, for a lot of their assets, and, and that left the team stuck where they were. And, and they were, frankly, fortunate that... The amnesty clause came to, to, so that they could get out of Gilbert Arenas' contract. My position on the Magic's trade strategy right now is to wait. The Magic are a game and a half out of the playoffs, so they're right there. They've shown signs of life. As, mu- as many signs as there are that the team has been really bad, and there have been plenty. Their net rating is among the worst in the league. They're, they're 25th in the league, I believe, in net rating, and that's not a good sign. That is, that is a ring some alarm bells that this team is bad. But despite that, they defy those statistics. They still find ways to win games and still find ways to look pretty good doing it. The consistency's been the issue. And I, you know, again, I'm an optimist. I'm willing, you know, I, I'm not saying the Magic don't need to make a trade. I, I do think the Magic probably need to make a trade at some point in the some point this season. But I'm willing to ride this out just a little bit longer. I'm willing to say. See if you guys can can stick in this race. We're not in panic mode. We've still got the bargaining power. We can say, you know, we need to feel confident that, you know, if if you're the Magic, you can't show desperation in these trade trade agreements. Everyone knows that the Magic are trying desperately to make the playoffs. So you've already lost that card. If you get into the playoff picture, if you get into those top eight seeds, 
you begin negotiating from a position of power because then you don't need to make a deal. And so I think what the Magic have to continue to try and do or continue to hope for is that their their team begins to come together just a little bit more. They make a little bit of a push to get in in you know above that red line and into the top eight. And then they can start saying, okay, what do we really need now? What do we really need? Um, but, you know, it, it, again, it's, it's not easy. Like I said, I think this road trip coming up is going to be the big decision time for the Magic. I think it's going to be the big uh, uh, kind of evaluate, evaluation period. If they come home from that road trip, if they really struggle on that road trip, if if you know they they six game road trip, if they win, if they go two and four, uh, two and four is probably okay, not great. If they go one and five, I think we'll see a trade pretty shortly after the road trip. If they can go three and three, if or four and two, they're going to be in very good shape, and and I think we'll see them kind of hold off and see how things play out. Because right now the big thing the Magic have to do is just pick up some ground. The way the Eastern Conference is set up right now, if you go on a three or four game winning streak, you're going to put yourself in pole position. Give yourself a chance to control your own destiny. Because so many teams, I mean, we talk, I talked about the Atlanta Hawks earlier in the podcast. So it seems like forever ago now. The, the, the Hawks have been as inconsistent as everyone else in the Eastern Conference. And they're a pretty good team. And so the question then becomes, how do you move forward, how, you know, how do you keep yourself in that race? What the Magic need to be more worried about is other teams picking up the pace faster than they are. They can't stay 500 while everyone else begins making their move. You know, if they start losing contact with the leaders, that's when they'll make the trade. And, and like Spencer said, he and he has a point here, maybe that's when it's too late. Maybe that is why you need to be more proactive and do what you're going to do tomorrow, today, anyway. And I think there's a lot of fairness to that point. If it were me, I give them this road trip, see what happens, evaluate my needs a little more clearer, evaluate my targets a little more clearer, and then begin making some calls and having some conversations and seeing where it takes us. And yes, I do think you hold off until deadline day because teams go crazy on deadline day. And another reason to wait as well the West is as bunched up as the East. There's a lot of teams fighting for playoff spot. No one really knows what they want to do quite yet. And so I think the market's still developing itself. There are some names that have been thrown around, but there's flaws with those names. But the market's still developing itself. And I think I think the Magic, if they can kind of stay in the race, if they can kind of hang, you know kind of keep their head above water just a little bit longer, maybe make a move into it, make maybe make their move you know, as a team into the into the playoff race, into the pole position, you know, then you can kind of sift you can kind of sift through everything a little bit more clearer uh and, and not make a panic move. Because if you make a panic move, that's when you make mistakes. And, and that's something that the magic really have to avoid. And so um if if you're asking me to make a prediction, I think the magic will use this road trip coming up as a big evaluation period. And if the Magic come out of that road trip looking good, looking okay, three and three, four and two would be would be good. Um, three and three, four and two, still a game back of the playoffs or, or in the playoffs or even even where they're at, two games back of the playoffs. I think their their urgency will be low. 
they'll be able to kind of sift through their deals and make to make you know more informed patient decisions. If they come back from that road trip struggling, if they look really bad on that road trip, I think we'll see a deal pretty quickly. Um, so I think I think this road trip is going to be a big turning point. I could be completely wrong. That's that's just my that I'm I'm, I'm completely saying my sense of things, not any knowledge that, that that's what's going to happen. I'm just uh, that that's that's how I would approach approach this. That's how I am approaching this to say, okay, this is this is going to be. You know, I always say road, the road trips are the big proving grounds for the Magic. That's when I really learn a lot about these this team. We we saw a lot on the first road trip. If we see the same thing on the second road trip, you know, we can calm down a little bit. If we see them falter, if we see them struggle a lot, then it might be time to start making some some more calls urgently and get something done to try and save the season and get back into the playoff race. And, and as I said, it, it seems like a lot of that work, a lot of that groundwork is being laid. Uh, but, you know, of course, it's still very, very early, so nothing uh, permanent is being done. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked On Magic podcast. If you have something to say about tra- about the trade deadline, about what the Magic should do at the trade deadline, go ahead and drop us a, a tweet or, or comment on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic, and you can also find us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And, of course, you can download the podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also follow me on Twitter, at OmagicDaily. Uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of not going to say much more than I have about what I know, um, but feel free to drop me any other Magic questions that you have. I am happy to answer them, and of course, I'm live-tweeting every game uh, from the Amway Center, and, and if, I, if, I, if, if I can pin some stuff down, I will be sure to let everyone know. Be sure to check out the Locked On Spurs podcast as well. They had a great interview. Our, our pal Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs had a great interview with Craig Sager Jr. Uh, should, should uh, Is a fantastic listen. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Download that, pod, download that podcast. You can find them on iTunes at Locked On Spurs as well as Audio Boom at Locked On Spurs. That's going to do it for me. I hope everyone has a fantastic Wednesday. The Orlando Magic take on the Atlanta Hawks over at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. Be there or be par- you know, parallelogram, I guess. I-, I don't think you should be square. You should be a parallelogram. You know, get a, get a little sway, get a little sway to you there. Um that's a that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. Um it's it's late. Uh for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all tomorrow with a complete recap of the Magic's game over the Atlanta Hawks. See you then. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17